Welcome to The Bend, a podcast for survivors and victims of crime sponsored through the Center for Crime Victim Services here in Vermont. I'm Anna Nassett, and I will be your host for this bi-monthly podcast and show. Today on the show, we have Lisa Ryan here from the Rutland County Community Justice Center at Brock Community Action to talk about restorative justice. The show was created to take a deeper look at services, organizations, and concepts for victims and survivors of crime. We wanted to acknowledge the healing process and provide resources not only in our state, but throughout the country that could benefit victims of crime as they begin to mend. As your host, I myself am a victim and survivor of crime, and my healing process and how I navigate through the world is an ongoing and ever-evolving process. I went for years from hiding myself and my trauma to standing up and speaking out against crime and now travel and speak to victim service providers. Throughout our shows, I share some of the services and resources I have used as I have had to mend and investigate all sorts of other services and topics that I can share with you. Our hope with this show is that everyone who has been a victim of crime knows they are not alone as they mend. As always, I want to begin with a trigger warning. Our goal is to create a safe place to discuss topics, but with that in mind, we may occasionally hear a story related to crime, discuss our mental health, or have other sensitive subject matter. We urge you to care for yourself and listen at your own discretion. Today, as I said, we have Lisa Ryan here from the Rutland County Community Justice Center to talk about restorative justice, among other things. Um, I met Lisa a few years ago at the Vermont Victims Assistance Academy and just have the utmost respect for her work in this state. Um, She is the program director for Rutland County Community Justice Center at Brock Community Action. Um, And along with that, she is on the board of aldermen for the city of Rutland and is also appointed to the Vermont Commission on Women. Uh, Lisa Ryan is a Vermonter who is involved on so many levels of this important work, and I'm thrilled to have you here today to speak about one of them, restorative justice. Thank you so so much, Anna, for having me. I'm really excited to be here um, and just uh, talk about the work that I'm doing and that uh, how victims uh, fit into that, and I look forward to having a conversation. Awesome, thank you. Um, So Lisa, let's start with learning a little bit about you. Um, Could you share a little bit with our listeners about your history here in Vermont? Mm -hmm and how you became to be such an involved leader in your community and state. Sure, absolutely. Um, So I was raised in Rutland City, Vermont, um, and I went to Rutland City Public Schools, um, you know, played uh, sports and, um, you know, was just kind of involved in the community at a a young age as far as just being involved in a lot of things. I left for college for undergraduate. Uh, I went to Temple University in Philadelphia. um, And then after college, I came back. Um, When I came back to Rutland, it was very different than what I had seen earlier in my life and what I think I was used to. Um, There was a lot more crime, um, some some different issues going on with um, race and and, um, just I saw a lot of people treated not not how I had remembered Rutland. Um, so when I came back, um, I first of all was really angry and like jumped on the bandwagon of you know this sucks. I hate it here. Um, 
and I tell this story because I think it's important to to realize how I got from from there to where I am now. Um, I quickly learned that that wasn't a, a good mindset. That wasn't helpful uh, to have that mindset, and that in order to make be part of the change and make the change, I needed to involve myself in the community. So that's really when I started to um, get involved uh, in the community, as far as you know, running for the Rutland City Board of Aldermen. And um, I attended grad school at Champlain College for my master's in mediation and applied conflict studies. And that's where I was really introduced to restorative justice. I had some field work that I needed to do. Um, so I, you know, I volunteered at the local jail teaching conflict resolution skills to inmates. And um, through that, I kind of navigated through the restorative justice system and, and volunteered in various aspects. And then I found myself really loving it and wanting to do more. And that's how I ended up in my position I am now. Awesome. Yeah. That is a great story. <laughs> and it's amazing what happens when we go, oh, I'm so angry. Maybe I should do right. something. Yeah. Maybe I should about... stop complaining and just get involved. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. I can, that applies to my life as well. I know that one well. So <laughs> thank you. Um, so today we're here to talk about restorative justice, mm -hmm. which um, is often part of the community justice centers in our state. Mm -hmm. Could you share with us about the Rutland Community Justice Center at Brock Community Action mm -hmm. and maybe explain what both those terms mean, right. um, the history and the services, before we start to take it even closer, look at just specifically what restorative justice is. So kind of the overarching. Of yeah, that. absolutely. So uh, I know it's a long name, um, but it's important that I, I include Brock Community Action uh, in, in that name. And that's because uh, there's five community justice, cent uh, I'm sorry, community action agencies throughout the state of Vermont. Brock Community Action is one of those. And um, what it is, it's a, uh, community action agency that provides all sorts of resources to disadvantaged populations um, in order to help them create a path forward and succeed. So um, that ranges from our food shelf to um, help with housing and employment. Um, we have um, a, a person that works one-on-one -on -one with clients on helping them to build their own um, micro business. Um, our biggest and largest department is our weatherization department um, and, you know, kind of everything in between financial help, uh, budgeting, uh, resume building. So we have all of that under under one roof. Um, how the Community Justice Center fits into that is um, when when the the CJC was was out for out for bid, uh, Brock Community Action responded and uh, received the bid to have the center um, located within Brock. Um, what that does is it creates a model. Um, we are the only community justice center in the state of Vermont that is underneath or within a community action agency, mm -hmm. which says a lot. Um, and it's important because we can work with folks and have all these resources essentially under one roof. So for lack of a better term, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. So I can have a client I'm working with, and instead of saying, you know, you need to go to this address here in this town or this city, um, I can make that soft referral in-house and, and make that, like, really personal connection and say, well, here's, you know, 
here's Carol and she can help you look for housing and, and what other needs do you, do you have that, that we can help with. So having everything under one roof is really um, advantageous, I would say, for in many aspects, not only for our clients, but um, for, for the employees at, at Broad Community Action. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I, I hadn't heard of any others like that in the state. So, yes, as you said, it's the only one. And yeah. that does make so much sense just to have that ease for people, especially if they're coming out of incarceration exactly. or if they're, you know, trying to refocus their life, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. to cut out that transport, the expenses around all of those things exactly. that come together to, to help get life back on track. Yeah. So, yeah. awesome. So can you now, like the main reason we had you here today was to speak about restorative justice. Um, can you help us, the listeners, understand the history and um, what restorative justice is yeah. and how it has come to Vermont and how it has grown here? Yeah, so I would say um, from, you know, from what I know and, and you know, I, I feel like I'm still learning about restorative justice every day um, and, and learning more about it and, and, you know, how it plays a role in not only uh, Vermont, but other states throughout the nation and as well as internationally. Um, so restorative justice is um, another way to approach um, handling a crime and looking at wrongdoing and how to repair the harm. Um, it really values having all parties uh, involved in order to make um, amends or, or uh, attempt to make amends. So all parties being the victim, the offender, and the community. So when those three parties come together, um, that really organic process in the middle is what restorative justice is. And um, we really value having each party because everyone gets a say. Everyone gets a say, everyone gets to tell their story, and work together and really um, connect and um, communicate in a collaborative manner that allows um, them to move forward in a way that's that's really transformative and restorative. Awesome. Yeah. So it's an alternative for like if there's an offender to possibly going into the criminal justice system is to go through the restorative justice process. Absolutely, it, a, a, alternative to the to the criminal justice system. Although you know, uh, disclaimer: we know that some some types of crimes and offenses are totally appropriate for the criminal justice center, or I'm sorry, system, and some um, are appropriate to the uh, restorative justice uh, system. And sometimes that can they can interact, and sometimes not. Awesome. Yeah. Um, can you give us, before we kind of dive in, could you give us an example of a situation that would be a really good example for restorative justice? Sure. Um, I guess, let's see. Say that uh, somebody broke into, um, or say someone stole from, from Walmart, let's say, and, um, you know, they were caught, they stole maybe uh, headphones and some candy. Um, so instead of, uh, you know, initially it's going to probably go through the criminal justice system. Um, and then an option, I guess, by the court, really, um, or depending how the individual is, is involved in the system, whether they already had, you know, a record or this is something new, a new charge. Um, if we're going to utilize a restorative justice approach, it looks like, okay, instead of getting this person into the, you know, prison pipeline, 
essentially, or having a record, how can we take a, take this from a different perspective um, so that this individual learns so that the the victims, which are, you know, Walmart, the folks maybe who saw this happen and witnessed it, um, you know, certainly employees, and then how can they and the offender, so the responsible party who, who did the harm, come together so that a, there's no more victims, and and B, that we're protecting and enhancing um, community safety. So that might, so there's many kind of routes that can go, whether it's our um, reparative panels, um, whether it's a restorative circle, it kind of depends the level of crime and what fits, but it's allowing everybody to have a say. Um, it gives the, I think, the offender, responsible party, the opportunity to discuss, you know, what what was going on for them in that moment, mm-hmm. right, at that time, you know, and we don't know. We can assume and we can guess, but we don't know until we hear it. And then it might create some understanding, not um, make it excusable, but it might provide some light on, on why this happened. And then, um, you know, th- the victims might have the opportunity to say, well, we feel like you should, you know, do this in order to kind of repair the harm. And that might be monetary and it might be not. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for giving us an example. You're welcome. That's awesome. Helps everyone. I know it's a concept that a lot of people is so foreign to them. Absolutely. So it's good to explain a little further. And I just, since you've shared with me about how the Community Justice Center is under the Brock umbrella, I right. can see how that benefits even more. Absolutely. For an offender who's maybe, we don't know, like you said, mm-hmm. why they've committed this crime right. and what resources you can tap them into. Right, exactly. So awesome. Thanks. So today I have Lisa Ryan here for the Rutland County Community Justice Center at Brock Community Action, and we are talking about restorative justice. Lisa, can we look at several of the programs that are currently in place at the Community Justice Center here in our state. Um, I just wanna kind of break it down to a couple different questions. Sure. But let's start with restorative circles. Sure. Can you share with us what those are and how they work? Absolutely. Um, so restorative circles are a program that um, when I came to the Rutland County Community Justice Center at Broad Community Action, um, I had kind of um, developed through a transformation from another program, myself and a previous staff. So. Um, I don't know that any other program in the state runs it the way that we do or even has restorative circle programs, but um, we're really proud because we feel like we you know, created this, this program that's really applicable to, to the folks that we see. So essentially, um, it's, it's a group of community volunteers um, coming together to work with an individual, so the, the responsible party, the offender, um, and they work with them from six to eight weeks around um, issues that they're having, whether, you know, to, that has, you know, is, is related to their crime and, and how they can move forward. And we work on goal setting and, um, you know, job uh, search, things like that. How can this support network of folks help the individual that we're working with? but also, you know, keep them on track so they're not slipping, right? Mm-hmm. So they're staying focused, doing what they need to do, abiding by the rules they need to abide by, and um, really just help walk with them um, as a way to 
create relationships and kind of common ground. And we actually, it, it, we're sort of circle, we, we sit in a circle in chairs because that really helps with the power mm -hmm. balance, everyone's equal. Um, and sometimes we use a talking piece, it depends, and sometimes we don't, but um, the volunteers are really, really crucial because they all come from different walks of life and um, have relationships with, you know, different people in the community or community partners that can help um, this person to become successful. We do talk about, about their crime, um, but it happens organically. It's not the first meeting, what did you do? and why mm -hmm. we want to get to know the individual we want to you know hear about family and and friends and hobbies and then when they feel like it's you know a time to bring it up we'll discuss that and we'll discuss how to move forward and and who was harmed um in some in many cases we 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 well in all cases we honor the victim experience it's difficult to get the victim physically in the circle um, for many reasons, but um, our folks do write apology letters. Um, you know, they reach out through the apology bank. Um, sometimes we'll use a victim statement if we have that from the victim. But um, it lets again each party have have a presence in the in the in the vict uh, the victims really are the community members because the community mm -hmm. is a victim. Absolutely, yeah. I love that, and I feel like. For both, I mean, as we both know, through like the legal process, like the offender becomes just their crime. The victim becomes just a victim. Exactly. And I feel like this this process really looks at the entire person, mm -hmm. that that might be a component of who they are, but it's not who they are as a whole. Absolutely. We're trying to take the label away. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so along with that, another program that you have, um, and I know is throughout the state is mm -hmm. COSAs, right. Circles of Support and Accountability. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna refer to that as COSA. Uh -huh. What is a COSA? How does that work for the community? How does that work for the offender? Mm -hmm. Just kind of explain what that program is. Yeah, COSA is probably the most well-known program um, throughout the state um, in, in community justice centers. Um, most all of the 20 run them. Um, maybe there might be one that doesn't. But uh, this is a program that's for folks who have higher level crimes. So, um, you know, maybe it's a sex offense, maybe it's uh, murder. Um, in some cases it could be DV or SV. It really depends on um, the center and, and who they, they take and what crimes um, and the individual and, and the resources that are offered. So the referrals really come from probation and parole and um, DOC. Um, it's, it's hopefully pre-planned so this individual is getting out say they have a year until they're released and the caseworkers and the POs try and work really hard um, to set this individual up um, within this case a COSA so that they have this circle of support and accountability upon release. Now the model would ideally starts why the person is still incarcerated. So again, it'd be community volunteers, a facilitator uh, like myself or one of my staff, and then we refer to the offender as the core member. So ideally, again, we'd like to start that prior to release so that relationship is built and then, you know, coming out, it's already established. 
Um, again, that depends on a lot of things where the individual is incarcerated. It might not even be in Vermont, but upon release might be coming closer to Vermont. Um, but this program is, is intense in that we work with the individual, the core member, for a year. We meet for an hour a week for an entire year. And, you know, that is, you know, a pretty strict schedule. But it's because likely the individual has been incarcerated for some time, you know, upwards of 10, 15 years sometimes. It really depends on the crime. But long periods of incarceration. Mm -hmm. So that year is really important in helping the individual to reintegrate back into the community. Um, we help them with all sorts of things. Again, as you can imagine, under the roof of Brock Community Action, you know, it might be food, so we can refer them to the food shell. Um, job search, job, job skills, things like that. Um, but the COSA program, it's just, it's such a great model. And again, we couldn't do it without our volunteers. Um, we work very closely with, with Department of Corrections under uh, this program, as well as probation and parole. Um, and, and it's really kind of, again, walking with, at a kind of deeper level in a longer period of time, with the core member. Um, and again, this is heavily focused on their crime but it comes up organically. It might be three months before, you know, the core member starts talking about what happened and why and, and, and we start really digging in and saying, well, how do, how do we protect, how do we make this so it's not gonna happen again? How can we protect the community? How can we have no more victims? And that's the idea of COSA is really uh, no more victims. It might be offender centered, but it's really victim focused. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about restorative justice is that it is offender-centered, but it's victim-focused. Absolutely. And once again, goes back to what we see in the normal system, it's kind of neither. But no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think COSA is so important. I yeah. got some information about sitting on a circle like a year ago. I was like, uh -huh. I'm not ready for that yeah. yet. Like, yeah. I am not in my personal healing process where I Absolutely. can do that yet. But something right. I really am passionate to do yeah. down the road. Exactly. It's not for everybody, yeah. um, and rightfully so. And so, you know, when you're ready to, to get more information about it and yeah. try it out, that's uh, the training is excellent. The training that's provided by Department of Corrections is, you know, an excellent training that really gives you an idea of what it would be like. Awesome. If, yeah. if you listeners aren't picking up, you can do this work. Yes. You can volunteer to yes. do this. Yes. yes. And we'll give you more about that at the end. <laughs> but um, yeah, and one thing I thought that was important to say about COSA is it's people, the offenders that are going into COSA are offenders that have already, like, they've shown an interest. They've done, is that correct? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that it's, it's yeah, they show an, show an interest in wanting to um, be involved in COSA, but there's also a, a real need, and that can be because of, again, length of incarceration, um, connections to the community. Maybe there's no family or no support. Mm -hmm. um, so we look at a, a lot of different things, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So now we're going to turn our attention to another program mm -hmm. that you all have, which is the Reparative Restorative Justice Program and how this can help misdemeanor yeah. 
offenders make amends to the community. Right. So once you guys kind of share what that is, yeah. how it works, how people can be involved. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that essential that program, the reparative restorative justice program, is essentially. Um, our, our restorative panels or our reparative panels, and we use that interchangeably. And again, the, that's a program that's that's um, in many community justice centers throughout the state. Um, that is mandated either by the court or probation and parole. So again, it's those lower misdemeanor level crimes. Um, the the previous example that I gave, you know, about. The, a person, you know, stealing from Walmart. I, I'm going to stay with that example um, to, to, for clarity, I guess, mm -hmm. um, to stay on track. Um, so say that this person is already under probation for something um, and they might, you know, have this charge and then it's a condition in their, in their probation to go through this reparative panel. So what that is, again, community volunteers, we always need volunteers. Volunteer, we love volunteer. our volunteers. <laughs> volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Um, coming together. Now, this is, is actually a panel. So it's like we're sitting at a table. Um, the, the offender responsible party is there. The community volunteers representing the victims as well. Um, and sometimes supporting parties. So sometimes the um, uh, responsible party might have their, you know, brother or mom there just to help them go through the process. And then also what's really important is that the, the victim, um, if they choose and if appropriate, um, can be sitting at that table as well, uh, physically or in, in the form of a victim impact statement. Um, so really what happens is the case comes through, it gets referred to our agency based on county, um, and my reparative program specialist will do an intake with the individual. Um, so that intake is in person. It's about you know, 30, 45 minutes, and that's really to figure out and determine from their point of view and their own words. We have the affidavit, we have the court documents, but we wanna hear it from you, what happened and what was going on at that time. Um, in your life or, you know, just what, what was going on for you. So that happens. And then from there, there's a, the first panel meeting is scheduled. Um, so again, the volunteers, facilitator, um, maybe supporting parties, maybe victim um, are present. And that panel, first panel is about, it's about an hour. And it's a chance for the responsible party to tell their story um, and it's a chance for the community members also to hear what's going on and how they've been affected. And that's a really clear communication that, that happens. And if it's a victim impact statement or if the, the victim is there, as you know, both super powerful to the mm -hmm. process and saying to the individual, this is how I believe the harm should be repaired and this is how I was affected. And this is what I need from you and my community in order to be you know, feel safe again. So together, and I really want to emphasize together and collaboratively, um, the responsible party and the volunteers, and again, if, if the, the victim is present um, or involved, come up with a plan, an agreement for how the responsible party is going to repair the harm. Um, so they literally, you know, build a, an agreement, see what that looks like, um, you know, have four or five things, maybe there's certain hours of 
of something they need to do or um, volunteer, whatever it might be. But it, we want it to be applicable to the person. So we're not going to say, you know, go, go rake leaves in the park if the person hates you know, isn't an outdoor person. But what we can do if they are is say, well, how about you You help build trails uh, at Pine Hill Park for, you know, 30 hours. And they have 90 days or less to complete this contract. So they come back in 90 days or less. Ideally, it's the same panel, the same volunteers. Um, the victim is not, you know, present at, at this time. <coughs> and uh, it's, it's an exit panel, and we say, you know, did you do these, these things, and where's the evidence and the signatures from, you know, the, the correct people, and if they did, wonderful. Um, it's sent back to the court and, and, um, or probation, and that's, you know, a successful completion. Um, if they don't, you know, we still send the, the results, and, um, you know, the court handles it from there. But um, it's a really, really powerful powerful process and these are usually DUI ones um, first offenses some DUI two uh, theft things mm -hmm. like that awesome yeah, yeah I got a chance to shadow probably four or five panels like not pursuit but I just shadowed and um, watched that process and was just completely moved inspired just seeing people take accountability for their actions exactly and then I really did love that like their their give back to the community was really focused on their skills exactly um, whether it be like auto repair or cooking meals um just so cool that they could take like this is what i'm already good at and passionate about right and give that back and it allows us to recognize that that there is a real human component to mm -hmm. this person it is a person they've yeah. done wrong but let's let's kind of build them up so they don't make these mistakes again yeah awesome yeah. So volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. <laughs> it's in every county, volunteer. <laughs> so I personally have been learning about restorative justice over the last few years, mm -hmm. and I really see its importance within shifting criminal justice system. Can you share some of your thoughts or visions for the future of criminal justice with incorporating restorative justice practices as an option? Absolutely. Like, I think that, um, you know, Restorative justice is is a gift, really. It, it's such an organic process that, that, again, takes all parties into account um, that allows us to really build community. Um, you know, I think, I don't think a lot of people know about restorative justice, and I think that's part of my job and, and folks in this position is, is to educate others around what is restorative justice, what are restorative justice practices, and how do we get there, and how do we learn more? Um, I think we can see across the, you know, at least some states in, in this nation that we are trying to get restorative justice Im embedded in the school system. So, you know, instead of expulsions and suspensions, maybe there's an opportunity for a restorative circle or a panel where this individual can really take responsibility and be held accountable and, and then, you know, learn how to repair the harm in their own community, so in their classroom. And it's not just, you know, one meeting or one panel or one circle. It has to you know, keep going. So, so, you know, we're learning with each other. Um, I find when you, you send a kid to a planning room and to look at a wall and, and that's their punishment, 
how are they learning to change? Mm -hmm. How are they learning to change their behavior and their actions? And how are they learning um, how to respect others? They're not because there's no dialogue. So we really need to start looking at that from a bigger systemic and um, institutional level for restorative justice. Now, you know, absolutely, some some uh, crimes absolutely need to go through the criminal justice system. Um, yep. Some some students absolutely need to be suspended or expelled for for certain things. But let's be creative about you know, what we can do for those that don't need to go that route. Right. Um, so I think, you know, building it into our school systems, um, making people more familiar with, um, you know, community justice centers and, and what we can offer. And then I think from there, it'll really um, bloom and, and um, take its own kind of path of what's appropriate. And it also depends on where you are and, you know, what, what, what type of area you're in, who's, who, what, the, what the population is, but um, it can work, and if it's done right and done with integrity, it will. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah, yeah I think that, like, I love your example of the kid staring against the wall. Like, what's that? It's what the is same that? with a lot of people who are just locked in a cell. Exactly. And, you know, there's just, there are other paths, and I mean, I notice, like, in dialogue that I have with people in my life of if I've hurt somebody saying, I've hurt you. Yeah. Let's have a conversation about this. How can I make amends for that? Acknowledge and, it. Yeah, just acknowledging even on our small scale what a difference that can do in our personal lives and then putting that into this much larger scope. Absolutely. Huge. Yeah. Um, along that path as we're educating people today, can you tell people ways that they can educate themselves about restorative justice? Like, do you recommend any specific books mm -hmm. or documentaries or other resources? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I'm a lover of TED Talks. Um, I just love them. They're, they're so educational. Um, it, it comes from a real, um, you know, humane point of view, um, often and always probably uh, personal experiences. So, um, you know, just looking up, restorative justice, and you can even tailor it to in schools or, um, you know, put it together with, with a situation that's that might happen, a perspective, and just type that in and, and see what you come up with. But I would recommend TED Talks. Um, you know, we, uh, this, I guess, Bess O'Brien, um, who is a documentary um, producer, did a, the, a documentary on COSA, on circles of support and accountability in the state of Vermont. It's oh, called wow. Coming Home, and I know that uh, folks can access that through their uh, respective community justice centers, and some libraries have it as well. But I would really recommend for people who might want to learn more about COSA specifically is that they um, they watch that documentary, and it's you know it's real lives, it's real people, and um, it's powerful and really gives a real good description of, of what it's like. Um, and there's, you know, plenty of books and, and resources. I think the Little Book of Restorative Justice is a popular one by Howard Zur, um, and he kind of has different, um, you know, levels of that. If it's the Little Book of Restorative Justice in education or uh, in schools, or so there's a whole series, and um, those are pretty easy reads. But it just, I think, for a beginner level, it's it's helpful. 
They're really good. Yeah. And I'll definitely provide a link on the podcast yeah. for everyone so that yeah. they can look those up. Absolutely. And, and just take it to your Google machine. Yeah. Just Google yeah. it. Google like, it. And you'll find and Google restorative justice with your community or yeah. county's name behind it or, just or your call. state's name. Yeah, call yeah. the community justice center um, in your area. And I know, like, I love having people come in and talk about what we do as a as a CJC and and what restorative justice is. And um, I welcome anybody and you know certainly the Rutland County area to stop into Brock Community Action. And you know my staff and I would love to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, that kind of leads us to the next question of how can community members be involved yeah. in the restorative justice process? <laughs> um, will you share this, just like how people can sit on panels, act as liaison, Absolutely. or get involved in other ways? And we've kind of touched over that, but. Yeah, just... um, again, just like, um, you know, we do a lot of posting of trainings on social media, um, and we even put them um, in, in different newspapers. Um, about our opportunities to volunteer. Um, you know, volunteering is not for everybody, and that's why we have these trainings, because we, we allow people to come in and see if it's a good fit. Um, of course, everyone uh, is background checked. Uh, they need to go through the Department of Corrections tour and um, process uh, to, to just make them aware of, you know, what, what DOC is and, and PREA, Prison Rape Elimination Act, and all those things that need to be signed off on and understood before a person can volunteer on a program or like, on a circular panel. Um, so, it, yeah, just, just reach out, email um, lryan at brock.org, and um, I'd be happy to, you know, point you in the right direction. And yeah. if, even if it isn't, um, you know, your, your county in like you call me and I can, I can tie you up with the right resource of, um, your respective CJC. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. 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 We're very lucky in the state of Vermont that every county has a CJC and that people can be involved. Um, just, you know, Google your county with restorative justice and yeah. see what comes up because it's so important and you can just get more information, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So, and if you're not here in Vermont, I think it's important to, to look what's available in your state as well. Right, and, and I think, again, like, restorative justice is, is emerging and it's really exciting because it's, it's becoming this, this big thing and people are starting to really understand it. Um, and things are done differently, and as we know, uh, in, in different states and, and throughout different programs, but there's, there's an opportunity somewhere, and I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that's important. We, we even here at, the, you know, at the Rutland County Community Justice Center, I should say, like, we might run our programs a little bit differently than South Burlington or Burlington, and again, it all depends on the environment, the population, resources, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. We all have the same common goal. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm really lucky right now to be working on a project for the Burlington Community Justice Center. Wonderful. And so I'm getting to kind of learn and yeah. see just, They've you know. They've got a lot of great programs. Yeah, all the great programs and the differences, but it's all working towards that same goal. Right. Um, kind of one of our last questions is, do you, do you know how many other states have community justice centers and restorative justice? Um, I, I, I don't have a, a finite number, um, but, you know, I did attend the uh, Nas National Association of Community and Restorative Justice um, uh, conference this past June in Denver, Colorado. And, I mean, that was amazing because it, it's 
brought so many people together around restorative and community justice, like things that I was like, wow, you can you can apply restorative justice to this or like in this way, in this aspect. Oh, like, rad. yeah, it, it was like it was just so cool to see the hard work that people are doing across the country, um, you know, Minnesota, Colorado, um, you know, a lot of different states are really trying to, to hone in on how can we apply restorative justice and what does that look like. Um, you know, it, it was just the speakers were amazing. The workshops were amazing, you know, from from classrooms to in the facility. Um, there was just something to take away. And it's it's just the good work being done by by everyone who are who are restorative justice practitioners. That's awesome. I know going to those conferences, it's just like this huge hug. Because yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Right. I'm and with you all these other people. Everything, and you can't <laughs> yeah. because you don't have enough time and workshops are run at the same time. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it was phenomenal. And it's just tremendous to be with so many other people like doing minded. that work who are like-minded and Absolutely. how you can learn and yeah. shift. It's so great. Yeah. It was fun. Love it. Um, which is kind of how I felt with being with you today. So Thanks. thank you. This is great. Yeah. As we wind up this episode um, with Lisa Ryan, is there anything else that you'd like to share um, on this idea of restorative justice? Yeah, I think that I would just add um, that, um, you know, as I've said multiple times, um, you know, on this on this show, that that restorative justice is really taking everybody, all parties, into account, um, victims, community, and offender. And I think sometimes, um, I guess I can speak, you know, for, for my CJC and, and how, you know, we really wanted to focus on incorporating victims more into the restorative justice process. Um, I think as a uh, as a center for me, and I, again, I'm speaking for my center only as a director, um, we felt that we weren't doing enough for victims. We weren't being real representative of the victims um, that is absolutely needed in order for restorative justice to work. Um, so we applied for a grant last, um, last August to, through VOCA, um, to have a victim liaison embedded in the Community Justice Center that is working with just victims of crime, solely victims, no offenders. And um, I've got a great person that's doing this work now. We're about a year into it with obviously program development and um, some staff changes, but um, really, you know, hitting the pavement hard with with working with, with victims of crime currently where there's no identifiable perpetrator. So, you know, that's that's crimes like vandalism, theft, burglary, robbery, um, those types of crimes where the harm's been done, but there's been no arrests made. And, mm -hmm. and there leaves the victim with what? Fe feeling violated, you know, feeling not restored, not understanding. So as a community justice center with this victim liaison um, through Rutland City Police Department, we're getting these crimes, we're working with the officers, um, we're working with the folks on that other end who, who have had, uh, who have been victimized to determine how can we repair that harm. And it's not, you know, 
always monetary and it can't always be monetary yeah. but maybe it's just listening or um, maybe it's coming up with a safety plan or connecting to resources for emotional support but we're working with those folks letting them know we're here we care we're your community we have your back and um, that's just really important I think message for me is that I want I want folks to know that um, it can be hard to get victims involved for various reasons, but it's so important and, and it, restorative justice won't work without it. I love that. I love that you have a victim liaison. That's really so awesome. awesome. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody in the community here who had their business broken into and I was there picking up something from them and mm -hmm. they started talking to me for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And, and I could tell this person just felt so violated and Absolutely. so alone. And I started talking about restorative justice. Yeah. And I don't think we have a, I don't know if we have a victim liaison in this county, but just that important role because yeah. without our voice, it, does, it doesn't work. Right, right. And, and your, your county or respective CJC might not have a victim liaison, but, um, you know, the state of Vermont through Vermont Center for Crime Victim Services um, I know Ashley Fisk covers, I think, the uh, central southern part of Vermont yes. um, as, a, as a victim advocate. But um, reaching out to those resources, too, can, can be helpful for a person and even assisting with, you know, if it's the victim compensation or, or just, just to reach out and let them know someone understands. Mm -hmm. We all want to be heard in the end. We do. We, we all do. need to listen in and Absolutely. we all want to be heard. It, so. Yep. Yes. Well, Lisa Ryan from the Rutland County Community Justice Center at Brock Community <laughs> Center and Vermont Commission on Women, thank you so much for being here today. It's That's just sure. been an honor to get to have you here and to chat about the incredible work you're doing thank and you. just educate us on what your community is doing, what the state is doing, and yeah. what our country could be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to stand beside you today, and um, just thanks for being on The Mend. I like to close each show with a positive message. So is there one parting thought you could give to survivors or victims of crime? Um, I, I think that, um, you know, and, and I'll just, I'll say this briefly, that uh, this past weekend, my husband and I were victims of a crime. Our our, um, our vehicles were broken into while we were home. And I think I've never been victimized in a way that I, I in the way that I work with people every day like they have. Um, but now I'm feeling it and it is very violating. And I think that, um, you know, my positive message is, is you know, I, I hear you, I'm with you. And I, I want to be um, there for, for you going through this process because it's scary. And, um, you know, just know that, that we're listening. We care. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank you for, for having me. that, too. Like, that's a huge violation. So thank you for yeah. coming up here today just after that. Yeah. You know, it, it, the timing was, was, was good, as, yeah. if that's the right word. A tough way to tie all of your work in together, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Yeesh. But, um, you know, we get it. Yeah. I thank think, you so much. Thanks for having me on Yeah. It. Um, if anybody would like to learn more about community justice centers and restorative justice, um, please visit broc.org. That's brock.org or Google restorative justice in your county or community. 
Um, if you have any ideas or questions for upcoming shows, you can contact me at Anna at StandUpResources.com. I'm your host, Anna Nassett, with the Center for Crime Victim Services. Thank you so much for being here today. Be well, be safe. We'll see you next time.